Hey folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep, I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. You know what I really hate? It's, it's another thing about the time that we live in. I hate that every freaking company in the world wants you to download their app and get their rewards programs and get their coupons. I don't want to use an app to go to McDonald's. I don't want to use an app to order a pizza from Mod Pizza. I hate mobile orders. I just want to go in and order a pizza. I don't understand the whole purpose of the apps. It's a frustrating thing. I must be becoming an old man. I can see that, yeah. It's so frustrating. I I, I kind of agree, like... I get the point for mobile ordering and apps, and some people really love them. They really do. Yeah. But then also there are some people that hate them. I'm kind of the same way. I'd prefer I'd prefer to talk to somebody. Yeah. And the mobile coupons, anytime. Like, I'll be on the way home from work, and Kendra will be like, oh, will you stop at McDonald's and, like, get me a McFlurry or some French fries or something? Mm-hmm. Or if I'm picking up food, every single time she'll be like, no, no, hold on, hold on. I have a coupon. Let me look my app and see what deals we have. And I'm like, I don't care about saving 30 cents. <laughs> that's, that's and then I, gotta, t- and then I yeah. gotta tell the person the coupon code, which uh-huh. is really a minor inconvenience. But <laughs> God damn it, does it irritate me. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it so much. It is such a frustrating thing. Yeah, but I don't download the apps or anything like that. I just, mm. Kendra does it. I she have... wants me to use it. Yeah. She has to tell me it over the phone or she has to be in charge of it. Yeah. Yeah. I have I have a section in my phone that is just it's just a folder with all the apps that I have to have because of Ashley. And, it, <laughs> <laughs> and it's the Starbucks app, the Sam's Club app, the Target app, the McDonald's app, the Burger King app. I hate it. I hate it. I just I just wish that we weren't. I don't know. I just it's frustrating. It's very frustrating to me. No, I trust me. I get it. I think a lot. Do you think Amish people accept new people into their communities? Because I've thought about like <laughs> I think I could get down with being Amish. You know what? They like, probably they like, probably honestly? would just to clean out the gene pool a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, like like the English royal family over there, the Amish. Well, they trade members of their communities to other communities. That's a thing that they do. So, I mean... Yeah, you gotta, I guess. Yeah. Um, but And no Amish person's gonna listen to this. They don't know <laughs> how. So... <laughs> but you know what? You might be onto something, Thor. I bet the Amish don't use apps. No. Hell bet, no. Bet they don't. Seems like such a... I don't think I could hack it, honestly. As an, as Amish, an Amish person? No. Get, I am too frail and my hands are dainty. I've heard that you... <laughs> you, in order to be... Um, accepted into it you have to build a house within a day that's part of the test um also are you 
Fuck with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, it sounded like something real. Like, well, as a community, they will do that. Like the town will get together and build a house and it takes about a day. Yeah. Then there are like these weird videos online about like the entire community just moving a house and they just stick a bunch of beams under the house and there's all these Amish people like shoulder to shoulder around every single portion of the wall and they just pick the house up. And they just walk it to another spot. That's so cool. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I'm not a fan of the Amish in general. You know, they can do some cool stuff. You know, well, yeah. And I mean, honestly, I don't think I'd fit in great with the Amish. I mean, probably not. (laughs) We we probably have some fundamental different beliefs on the world and society and and spirituality. But I, I respect and I think that would be a i think they may have it correct i think that may be the way to live in small communities with just your family and the community you know shut out from technology and there there is something to be said i do like playing playstation though right yeah (laughs) well you, you could play that in the barn but not in your house there is something to be said about the value of hard day's work though and that's that's at the crux of what they're they don't want life to be too hard or too easy i'm sorry and all of these amenities that we have in life make us dainty and frail. Yeah. <laughs> so don't get into a fight with an Amish person. Because I also, they... I couldn't grow the facial hair to be Amish. Oh, yeah. Me Not either. a chance. Me either. <laughs> the, yeah. It'd be like, I thought you were married, Micah. And I'm like, yeah, I am. I just can't grow a beard. It's all patchy and stuff. Like, Are you sure you're not a lady? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? The Amish don't use apps. I'll bet you they don't. They can't. Right? No, yeah, of course not. No, they don't know what it, oh, here's an interesting thing, though. My father came home. He used to he used to commute a lot for his job. Um, there was a point where he would commute every day to Washington, D.C. That was his drive to work. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. So he he would commute a lot for he did. He does a lot of driving for his job. And one day he came home and he was so excited because he found this vegetable stand on the side of the road at some place in Lancaster and there's an Amish man selling vegetables like in a wagon or a cart or something like that and he was excited because he got fresh Amish tomatoes and we were going to use it for a recipe for dinner that night and we're pulling the Amish tomatoes out of the bag and we're going to wash them and my mother grabs one and goes to wash it in the sink and she sees a giant grocery store sticker on the side of that tomato. <laughs> Stupid Amish. What a bunch of shice. You know what? I have I have fully changed my opinion on the Amish now. What a bunch of shysters. Right? What a bunch of tricksters. Yeah. They're probably selling like a magical hair tonic somewhere else too. Amish people. I don't know which I despise more. Amish people or the McDonald's app. Well, the McDonald's app can't build you a house. That's true. That's true. They can't build you a sweet rocking chair. That's true. They're not going to give you fresh vegetables from Giant either. Although now I'm thinking I'll go, I'd go buy a rocking chair from the Amish, flip it over. There's a Cracker Barrel sticker on it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Have you no shame, yeah. Amish? Or an Ikea logo just engraved into the side of it. I hope somebody flagellated themselves because of that. <clears throat> <laughs> That's so funny. All right, let's jump into some some dynamite. Black dynamite. Yeah, here we go. (laughs) 
Hey folks, and welcome back to another edition of Get Wrecked, the only podcast anywhere on this planet or any other uh, in this time zone, in all time zones. Of all time. Of all times. In all time zones of all time. Before time, after time. Land before time too. Timeless, yes. Yep. In any case, the only one where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I'm, of course, your host, Thor, joined today as always, by my friend and co-host, he is the reigning intercontinental champion of the world. <laughs> it's Micah. Yeah, that's right. Now, I don't know what that championship is in. Probably you not. You fill in the blanks. Yeah, yeah. You tell me. You tell me, <laughs> listener, what that championship is Do you is think in. there's anything you could be a world champion in? Oh, maybe. No. <laughs> yeah, think, it's, it's a tall I order. Think about it. Yeah, uh, there are things that I could probably do well in. I would probably do well in a local fighting game championship. So, folks, if you are familiar with games like Mortal Kombat, Street yeah. Fighter, fighting games, Micah is disgustingly I, proficient. I very much enjoy them. So, do you think if you trained, like you did some serious training, like didn't, I think didn't have a job, just spent like. 12 hours a day yeah. practicing. I think I could do pretty well in a fighting in a fighting tournament. I mean, I'd want to start small. I wouldn't want to jump right into a national thing. But I think I could do pretty well with it. Not to boast. But I spent all of my nights in an arcade as as like a kid, back when arcades were a thing. I just I grew up on Virtual Fighter and Street Fighter 2 and Tekken 2. Like those were the cabinets that I played in the arcade. Nice. Right on. And I was a kid, and I would get really, really annoyed when people would come up and try to play against me, because I'm, like, trying to get through just the different levels and try and get as far as I can. And oh, things. and people would just come yeah, up and, and play. they'd just come up and, like, throw 50 cents in, and it's like, a new challenger. I would get so angry as a kid. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to beat the boss, yeah. you sucker-ass punk. Like, yeah, and you, it's always... it's you always just gotta spank them and, like, send them home crying to their mommy. There was a time where a guy spent about $3 trying to beat me and at 50 cents a pop i don't know like six times he put so much money in trying to beat me in tekken 2 <laughs> and, and from my point of view he was an adult i don't know if he was an adult but he was definitely in his teens if not an adult yeah so yeah. when you're a kid it's intimidating yeah anybody who's over older than like 12 is an adult right yeah <laughs> so yeah he he spent a lot of a lot of money going against me and i used the character martial law who was the oh i love martial law yeah he was the bruce lee trope character uh just doing backflips and screaming real high pitched and he put 50 cents in and i just wrecked him the first time <laughs> it was it was real quick and then he immediately threw 50 cents in and he did a little bit better the second time and he looked at me and he goes, I'm figuring it out. I did better that time. And I looked at him as a kid and I'm just like, yeah, but you still lost. <laughs> and I just kept playing. <laughs> I didn't mean to sound like a jerk, but I probably, that guy probably was like, this stupid kid, this cocky motherfucker. You know what happened? Yeah. He got wrecked. He got wrecked. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so today, today we're going to jump into... I would say a cult classic. It's maybe an oddity a little bit. 
I'm not sure what category it falls into, really. It's one of those... I've definitely heard the name. Okay. And have never... N- never taken the time to... Yeah, I, I've heard the name, and that is literally it. I knew yeah. nothing about this film going into it. Okay. Well, that, So did you go into it blind, then? Yeah, fully blind. Oh, that's great. So Black Dynamite is kind of a, a nod to slash parody of the old black exploitation films of the 70s. And it's been a while since I've watched this because I was going to recommend something else to you, but I couldn't get a hold of it. So I was like, all right, let's change it. And Black Dynamite, I saw that it was streaming on HBO and I was like, man, I think Thor would love this. And so I sent you the text, didn't give you any info. (laughs) I'm just like, uh, yeah, Black Dynamite, the movie, because they made an Adult Swim cartoon. Like Adult Swim took on... Okay, perhaps this. maybe that's where I've heard the name. And I don't know how many seasons they did, but the movie came out and then they made an agreement with Adult Swim and did at least one season. I could see why. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so it's, yeah, it's kind of a parody comedy of the black exploitation films. And and those, just for those of you guys who aren't aware of what that is, there was this era in the 1970s, like 71, 72, where at like the height of race relations... And going on with the civil rights movement, these movies started coming out. And the, the idea, they were kind of, the term black exploitation sounds like a negative thing, but the term from what my research has been is more of an endearing term to a time in cinema where African Americans started becoming, uh, they started making movies, starring in movies, and making movies for the African-American audience of the time, specifically. Because prior to that, there wasn't really any lead African-American actor. Okay. So they were always kind of subjugated to the best friend role or or something like that where, where, where they or weren't. Or the criminal. Yeah, or the criminal. Often, yeah. yeah. So so these movies came out and think like Shaft was one of the first ones. Yeah. Or Dolomite. S- yeah, right? Dolomite, Superfly. Those type of movies are like all fit in the the black exploitation like genre, but that is more of it can be an action movie, it can be a horror movie, it can be a comedy movie. But it just means essentially black written, produced, directed, led. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, there's a little bit of controversy over those movies because like the NAACP didn't like those movies because they felt like it perpetuated stereotypes. Um negative stereotypes of the black community. So they were a part in kind of shutting that whole movie type down. Um, Because often the male protagonists are shown somehow involved as like a a pimp uh, kind of persona. Yeah. And they felt like that wasn't necessarily like that was combative to the civil rights movement and trying to, trying to change the way that people were viewing the black community. They felt like that was hindering that change. For sure. And I think you still see that kind of stuff today in, and probably always in art where you have somebody who's like expressing, this is my viewpoint. Yeah. And this is, you know, my critique or take on society and things that I, or maybe things that I like. Mm -hmm. And then even if it's done with an intention of, uh, with a particular intention, there may be somebody who's doesn't, agree or doesn't see it that way he says you know because i assume the people making those films were probably 
you know, making it for them. Because they're like, the people I know like this. Yeah. This, we're making movies for us. And then you have the NAACP, who's, they're also trying to do the best they can. And from their perspective, they're like, this isn't good, though. Right. Um, so I think, and I think you still have a lot of that stuff today. But ultimately, we yeah. don't want to get too much into. Right, into the political movement behind it. Yeah. I, but I just, I felt like it should be thrown out there that we're not, like, this movie was made by Michael J. White. He wrote it. He didn't direct it, but he wrote it and then he starred in it. And it's kind of a love letter to that era of of cinematography. Because regardless of the the controversy of those films, what it did do is it brought a lot of African-American actors into the limelight and allowed them to become stars. It was allowed them to kind of share a voice that hadn't been heard. And it rose up directors, actors, actresses uh, from that community. So like that's the the positive end. Oh, okay. cool. Yeah. All right. So with all that being said, Thor, Black Dynamite, what are your initial thoughts? Who this movie it's tough. I tried taking notes during this whole movie. Okay. And it was really tough to take notes because here's the thing about this. This movie looks and feels, it's intentionally made to look and feel like it's a cheesy movie from the 70s. Yep. So, which I think is cool because you really, I really can't criticize anything about this movie because all of the things that you would typically criticize are intentional choices. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that being said, I really enjoyed this. Okay. I uh, this is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And and I'll be honest, we were talking about, you know, this is a throwback to the black exploitation films. I know the name Shaft. I yeah. know some of the, like and I know the name Dolomite and some of those like classic tropes. Mm-hmm. It you know, I have seen things done before. You know, where you may see a nod in a movie or something, too. Right. Tarantino like, loved those movies. There's a lot of nods oh, for to sure. this in Tarantino stuff. And that's what I was expecting a Tarantino film. Okay. Like, I was expecting kind of like a Grindhouse film. Yeah. Um, Just based on the cover work. I was like, sure. oh, it looks like it's going to be a throwback to the 70s. Probably yep. like Tarantino. That's not what this is. This is a comedy movie. <laughs> it's comedy through and through. But in any case, I I really did enjoy this. I didn't have a huge frame of reference. Okay. But it made me feel like... I got it. Okay. You're like, I yeah. think I get what those movies are about. <laughs> right. Um, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Yeah. The movie, the, the moment that I realized that I was going to love this movie when I first watched it was when Black Dynamite shows up and he kicks a grandma through the door. Literally, my first note in my book is kicks the door in on an old lady. It's the funniest scene because he's he's looking for somebody and she's like, nah, he's not here. And she shuts the door. And the next scene is like her just getting booted like through the whole room and the door goes flying off the hinges. Oh, and folks, as always, big spoiler alert. So it's on HBO Max. Go watch it. Come back and listen to us. We're going to talk about some of the stuff that happens in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So so Black Dynamite is the name of the protagonist. It's the name of the main character in the film. And the really quick rundown is that he's got a brother, Jimmy. It's his only younger brother. And he is some type of uh, rat, essentially, or, or CIA mole. And 
the movie starts off and they find out that he is an informant or a rat or connected <laughs> and, and and they kill him and, and they're then, like one of you guys ain't because and you have to i'm gonna do i'm gonna try to do some of the voices in this movie so i apologize if you're offended <laughs> by them because they're a little bit offensive for a guy with my skin tone to be doing them but i'm gonna do them and so there's like they're they're talking to a shadowy guy in like a cadillac yeah who's clearly like some kind of crime boss and he's and there's three dealers mm-hmm. and he's like one of you guys isn't the same as the rest and the three dealers start talking like man what you talking about it ain't me and then one of them is like i have no idea what you're talking about i've been out here dealing smack all day <laughs> he's, he's like I'm going to leave here and go back to where I come from, the streets. <laughs> <laughs> he's like just looking around like while he's saying it, he's very clearly nervous because he's <laughs> like, I think I'm going to get found out. And then they just open up fire, shoot him uh, through the whole thing. Yep, and then with a cheesy, all the effects in this movie are cheesy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so great. Yeah, because they're trying to mimic... The, these films that were like made very very quickly with very low budgets and often in, seen in grindhouse theaters where like the, the higher class movie theaters they're not going to take these type of films they just you know they're not going to do that they're going to take these uh really quick turnaround movies so yeah it's it's making light or it's kind of trying to pick at the fact that these movies are often have cheesy action and and that's brought to light by after he gets shot, some random like goon r- goes down and checks his pulse. And then he just looks up at the camera and he goes, he's dead. And then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just cuts to the next scene. Yep. Yeah, no, they do a great job of, like I said, you can't, all the things that are bad about this movie are intentionally bad, which yeah. is so funny. So like, there's a lot of really like poor acting, like cheesy flat acting. Yeah. Which once again, I'm assuming was kind of, part of that there are mistakes in it like a boom comes down you can see a boom in the shot and he's like looking he's at looking it looking at it while he's scenes. trying to give his line <laughs> yeah there's a fight scene it's a great fight scene where his buddy um bullhorn bullhorn was great bullhorn was awesome he's fighting a guy and so he like slaps the guy and the other actor goes, man, what the hell? And then the scene cuts and there's a different actor <laughs> playing him who gets beat up. By yeah, and they like retake the shoot. Yeah, there's definitely some slapstick comedy in here. Um, there was a scene too, I don't know if you caught it, where Black Dynamite's using nunchucks to fight people. And he's doing all these nunchuck moves and he accidentally lets go and the nunchucks go flying off the camera. And then he like punches a guy and then he looks over to his right and the nunchucks get thrown back to him from somebody <laughs> off the set. And then he and then he like whips the rest of the guys with his nunchucks that were just magically thrown back to him. Yeah, that is cool. You did say so. Uh, his name is Michael. Michael Jai White. Michael Jai White. So this guy really is a kung fu like He's, a martial artist? Yeah, I'm not sure what style of martial arts he he practices, but he is legit. He's an awesome martial artist. Yeah. Yeah. And this was the era of Bruce Lee and Kung Fu kind of having its yeah. moment in the sun. Yeah. At least in America, anyway. Mm-hmm. And all his Kung Fu scenes are really good. Yeah. They are very fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, he's... And the dude's jacked. Like, he is so jacked. It's insane. Yeah. 
Yeah. He has it, a body chiseled by the gods. It's yeah, it's pretty nuts. It's pretty nuts. And of course, the character, because he's so jacked, um, like all of the women in the movie are like, oh, black dynamite. I think that you're introduced to the character and he's like banging three women at one time. Yep, he sure is. <laughs> Every woman he meets, he is like they are falling in love with him the yeah, whole time. Immediately. Yeah, immediately. In, I guess in anime they call that like harem. Yeah. Like where basically every, the the lead, every single woman just like falls in love. Falls with in him. love. Which honestly, I fell in love with him too. I can't blame him. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, like flip me over, Black Dynamite. Do what you want. <laughs> I mean, he's got amazing hair. He's got a sweet ass mustache. He's. And he's, his voice, that voice. Yeah. He's smooth, man. Listen, little mama. Yeah, everything will be all right. You just stay here. Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's a line where the, his love interest in the movie sees him. And of course, it's the love interest in the movie. So she is not impressed with Black Dynamite from the get-go, like every other woman is. And she goes, I know your type. You just get by on your winks and smiles. And he looks at her and he winks. And she goes, nice. What about the smile? And just deadpan. I am smiling. Yeah, he's just, I am smiling. But he's not smiling at all. Full disclosure, that is the third note I have written down. Is it? I wrote, like, this is a very, I love about this movie, it is so quotable. Oh my gosh, yes. I kind of, you know, have my notes split up a little bit, yeah. but there's just a ton of just quotes or specific things that happen mm-hmm. that just made me giggle that I had to write down. Yeah, absolutely. There's tons tons of one-liners in here that are amazing. Like when when he's practicing kung fu with the uh with just these random people and he gets a phone call. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he just he just yells something along the lines of like, "How dare they interrupt my kung fu?" And it's his aunt and he's yeah. like he's like, "Aunt, Aunt Cindy, I told you not to call and interrupt me during my kung fu." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that's when he finds out that his brother died. And she is the perfect portrayal of that nagging older relative who just won't shut up. For sure. And she's like, your brother's dead. Your only little brother, Jimmy, on your mother's deathbed, you said you would take care of her. And he just hangs up on her. (laughs) Yeah, so he, the, the movie, the rest of the movie is him painting the streets red, trying to avenge his brother. But he gets into this weird thing where... Well, this movie has, like, five different arcs in it. It does, It's yeah. so funny. Like, it just <laughs> hops from, like, you... Th- <laughs> it's so different because you expect normally you get the plot of the beginning. So you're mm-hmm. like, oh, he's going to be searching for Jimmy's killer. Sure. And he finds and kills him pretty quick. Yeah. And then he hops to something else and then it hops to something yeah. else. And then he decides <laughs> he's going to start a war on drugs. And he's like, so he goes to a whole bunch of these pimps. He just like kicks in the door. Real nice like though. Like there's a whole bunch of pimps in this room just having a pimp meeting of some kind. Yeah, the pimp meeting was great. Yeah. And he's just like, just going to let you guys all know, I'm declaring war on everybody who sells drugs to the community. And then one guy, one pimp, he goes, but Black Dynamite, I sell drugs to the community. (laughs) 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 So that's kind of where the movie goes to. And they're trying to, like, get this drug bust taken care of. But then they get to this area, and he he has to, like, recruit a team, which includes Bullhorn and another character named Cream Cream Corn. Cream (laughs) Corn, yep. (laughs) And 
there were some more. Dude, I love Cream Corn. Uh, the actor who plays him is a guy, Tommy Davidson. He, okay. He's just very funny. Anything I ever see him in, I so, like a lot. So, what else was he in? Because I reckon, I mean, I've seen him in this, but I don't uh, know. Hold on, let me... I'll IMDB him. Off the top okay. of my head, I can't think. I'm pretty sure he's a comedian. I'm pretty sure he's... That would make sense. Um, he definitely seems like a comedian. Because the first time that you see him, he's, like, getting his hair done. He's cleaning his nails. And he's got these... Uh, all these women kind of around him. And he's talking about how great and how awesome cream corn is. And then when Black Dynamite shows up, he just, like... He, he does a high-pitched squeal. And then there's a mini chase scene. Because cream corn was hanging out with his brother. So that's why he he decided to investigate cream corn. Yeah. And and while the chase scene is happening, there's just these cheesy objects that are in the way, like they're running through an alleyway. And there's just these two people who are carrying like six dozen eggs. And they're just walking through the alleyway. I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, cream corn was pretty fun. Yeah, he was very, he has a great line where he's at the salon getting his hair done and the girls are like, how's business? And he's like, you know, it's going, it's always flowing good. That's why they call me cream corn. Cause that, cause I'm so smooth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The names are hilarious. There's like cream corn, Chicago wind, right? bullhorn, <laughs> chocolate giddy up. That's, that's Cedric Yarbrough's character. Okay, I didn't he, catch he that He was name. one of the pimps. He's the pimp dressed like a cowboy. Oh, I believe okay. he is the one who said, but Black Dynamite, I sell oh, drugs okay. in the community. Chocolate giddy up. Yeah, his name was Chocolate <laughs> giddy up. And he was a pimp dressed like a cowboy. Oh, who was, there was another throw in where like in that room with the pimp meeting, there was a single white pimp in that. Did you catch that? Yes, I did see that. I don't remember his name. I, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna have to look it up. Well, I'll do it later. It, dude, it, it's tough. I've looked up. I was looking. I had IMD pull, IMDb pulled up. Yeah. Looking at the cast. Yeah. And a lot of them are small actors. Yeah. Yeah. There really isn't a bunch of big names. There's a couple recognizable actors in this. Yeah. But for the most part, they went with some definitely smaller, some smaller, smaller actors. Smaller actors. Yeah, so it turns into like this weird drug bust movie. And then it, you find out that the drug bust movie isn't just drugs. It's anaconda malt liquor. And you don't know why. Because they go into this drug bust and it's just crates of the anaconda malt liquor. So they just leave because they're like, this is just liquor. But um, one of the guys on his in his crew is like, man, this is good stuff. It makes you go, ooh. <laughs> and because they play that preview at the beginning of the movie yeah and then they do this really weird roundabout because they're trying to figure out where are the drugs <laughs> yeah, that part was so funny <laughs> and, and there's so many it's just an obscure like point to point it's a real da vinci code style yeah figuring out that actually in fact the cia was behind distributing this malt liquor and it's going to make black men's dick smaller. Yeah. And they find out they're, they're like, so Anaconda malt liquor does what they make you, it makes you go. Ooh. So Anaconda malt liquor. And then all of them add as a, as a group, they're like Anaconda malt liquor gives you little Richard. Like with a What's another mark? name for Richard? Yeah. Dick. dick. Anaconda gives you little dick. And <laughs> Yeah. And it's like 12 steps before that. Uh, yeah. Because they're talking about like we were at 
he said uh, Kansas something. And uh, what what about what in a th- in Greek mythology? Yeah. Which god in Greek mythology had this and that? And they just keep putting these pieces together that make no, no sense. No sense at all. Yeah, they go from like naming states to going to Greek mythology to going to astrology to going to Roman mythology. To going to Anaconda's Little Richard. Yep. Obviously, Anaconda malt liquor gives you a Little Richard. Yeah. To be honest, from there, I think that the next logical step is for them to go to Kung Fu Island. Well, no. First, he goes to O'Leary, the CIA oh, guy. That's right. Who gave him back his license to kill? <laughs> I love right. that part. So when he first starts working the case of his brother being dead, uh, his old CIA buddy who was in Vietnam with him mm-hmm. was like, "You ain't with the CIA anymore. You don't have a license to kill anymore." <laughs> and then eventually, you know, Black Dynamite's getting there, and so that guy gives him back. His license to kill. But it turns out that guy was actually the bad guy. Yeah, he was in on it. The CIA was distributing anaconda malt liquor, which makes you go, ooh, <laughs> um, to make black men's dick smaller. Yep. So that guy gets popped. He mm-hmm. gets killed. And he reveals the black dynamite that it was Dr. Wu yeah. who created the serum. That's right. So he just looks at the camera and goes, boys, Looks like we're going to Kung Fu Island. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're just on a on a boat. Next scene is them, just them on a boat driving to an island. At this point, I was like, this has to be the final scene. This has to be like the f- closing of the movie. Yeah, because then it turns into like a weird action film where they're infiltrating and trying to take out this evil uh, Asian villain. Yeah, who is a master Kung Fu guy, mm-hmm. but also the world's leading scientist on like human genome biology or something. (laughs) Yeah. Something wild like that. And through that whole kind of area, when he shows up, he's got his henchmen. He's throwing ninja stars, but he's using them like boomerangs. So he doesn't throw the ninja star directly at the enemy. He tosses it to the left and then it just cuts. (laughs) And like the ninja star comes in and just, you know, hits somebody from the side. And that's when um, that's when Bullhorn gets it. Yeah, Bullhorn, Bullhorn gets, gets his killed. head chopped off. Yep. Yeah. And that honestly, that's one of the best lines of the movie for me because um, Black Dynamite catches his head, and he, he goes, "At long last, the friendship bonded by the struggle against the man has been brought to an end by kung fu treachery." <laughs> he just keeps saying kung fu treachery. <laughs> And that was a shame. Bullhorn was so fun because he spoke in rhymes. Yeah. He always spoke in rhymes. It was so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. So, so great Kung Fu, great Kung Fu scene. But then we get to the actual final part, which is going to. Well, yeah, he kills Wu. Yeah, he kills kills Dr. Wu. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is surely the end of the movie. Surely. But not. Because at this point, they've taken out the Don who killed his brother. Yep. And then cleaned up all the heroin off the streets. Yep. And then they found out that it was actually they were distributing this malt liquor that makes black men's dicks smaller. Yep. So they killed the CIA guy O'Leary. Then he goes and kills Wu. It just keeps going up. Yep. And at this point, it's surely the end of the movie. He has killed Wu. But then he looks at some top secret documents yep. that are just lying out. And Cream Corn goes like, Black Dynamite, what's going on? And he's like, we're going 
all the way to the top, <laughs> the tippy top. <laughs> and so they get in the helicopter and fly from Kung Fu Island to Washington, D.C. Yep. They land in the White House. Yeah. Well, actually, the Black Dynamite lands in the White House. The helicopter gets blown <laughs> up in a horribly cheesy explosion. Because cream cause, corn gets blown up. Yeah. Because they're guarding the White House with bazookas. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then after it is probably one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Because it's so funny. Is it? Is it with the president of the United yeah. States? So he breaks in, and. The president at that time, Richard Nixon. Yep. So him and Richard Nixon have a full-on kung fu battle. Yeah. Both have nunchucks, and they are just kung fuing it up. Kung-fuing Richard it up. Nixon and Black Dynamite. Yeah, and Richard Nixon's using nunchucks. It's oh, not. Yeah. It's not like a fist fight. Richard Nixon is using nunchucks, folks. He's got them in the Oval Office, and he's fighting Black Dynamite in the Oval Office with nunchucks. It's so that's, absurd. That's where we're at in the movie. And then, and then his wife, I, f- I forget. I don't know what the first lady's name is. I believe it's Patricia. Yeah. If I'm wrong, I yeah. mean, my bad. She she pulls a gun on him and he just backhands her. <laughs> and throws her into a cabinet, right? <laughs> yeah. Just, like, just sends her flying through the room. And that part is very important. That he backhands her and throws her into a cabinet. Yeah. And then once she's taken care of, he goes and he finishes off Nixon. He mm-hmm. doesn't kill him. No. But he does beat the shit out of Nixon. Yeah. And makes Nixon apologize to him. <laughs> yep. Yep. And they kind of make it seem like Black Dynamite might be the reason that the Watergate scandal is exposed. Oh, I didn't catch that. At least that's kind of what it seemed like. Either that or Watergate had just been exposed. Because they mention Watergate. Because Black Dynamite gives his speech about, like, you're just insecure, man. Like, trying to make black men's dicks smaller. He says something along the lines of, like, just like you with Watergate. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I don't I don't know where in the Watergate scandal that falls. I mean, I don't think it's particularly important. No, it's not. Nixon was fighting with nunchucks. That's so. the important part of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. That's the part They're not on. too worried about historical accuracy. <laughs> So, so after it's all done, he goes back to the first lady and sits down and apologizes to her. Is that where we were getting? Yeah. <laughs> so it's important that he, she pulled a gun, he slapped her, he pimp slapped her yeah. and threw her through a cabinet because mm-hmm. he goes back after he has defeated Nixon and he goes back to her and he's like, Miss First Lady, I have to apologize. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't have hit you. And she was like, but Black Dynamite, I pulled a gun on you. And he's like, you did. Now, had you shot me, maybe that would have justified me pimp slapping you and throwing you through a cabinet. But as you did not, I do feel remorse and I must apologize. Yeah. And she, of course, immediately falls Falls in love love with with him. Yep. (laughs) Falls in love with him. And then, randomly, his love interest... Shows up in the White House, yep. which they referred to as the Honky House. Oh, yes, they did. <laughs> and so she shows up and wraps her arms around Black Dynamite. And then the First Lady, like, crawls and wraps her arms around the leg. And then Black Dynamite pulls out his revolver, pulls out his nunchucks, gives a speech about justice. And that's how it ends. Yeah, and then it cuts to the credits. Yeah. What were... Do you, so... 
You said that you wrote down some notes. Did you write down any other quotes or any other scenes that, that stuck All out right, to you? All right, let's see. Things that we didn't talk about. Yeah. Um, oh, the music. Okay. The music in this movie is awesome. And then there are the excellent parts where they do... It's not an original idea to this movie. I've seen it done multiple times in other things, but it always makes me laugh. The singer will sing what's going on in the scene. Oh, like, yeah. Jimmy's dead. He got <laughs> shot down by some dealers. And yeah. So, so it'll be music. And then they'll sing what's going on in the scene. In the scene. Um, and then even some of the, a lot of the music, there was no singing, but it just definitely had that. Had an old. Authentic feel. Yeah. How'd you feel about anytime Dynamite did something, you heard Dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um, other scenes I like. Okay, so when the first interaction you have between O'Leary, mm-hmm. his old CIA buddy who he was in Vietnam with. Yeah. He's talking about, so they were in Vietnam together. Right. <laughs> and he talks about the time that he like blew off a Vietnamese kid's like legs. legs. Yeah. And he's like, this little boy is laying there dying. This little Chinese kid, he looks up to me and he says, Hong ya, ya, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> but he was looking at me with his little Chinese eyes. His <laughs> little Chinese legs he just kicking. Keep, he just keeps calling him Chinese. And he's like, I don't know what he said, but I know what he meant. Black Dynamite, please save me. <laughs> Black Dynamite, why? <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> Dynamite. <laughs> especially, he just keeps looking at me with his Chinese eyes yeah. and his little Chinese legs flapping, missing his Chinese arms. He just keeps <laughs> calling him Chinese. And, and when when he's like, he said something like "Hunky you out some cartoon shit." So that quote, that whatever whatever he said, wasn't in Chinese. I was looking up some like fun facts about it. It was actually in Vietnamese. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. They were in Vietnam. Vietnam. That's yeah. what's funny about it. Is he keeps <laughs> right. he keeps saying I didn't even it. put that together. He oh keeps saying gosh. this little Chinese kid. They were in Vietnam. They were in Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That didn't even register until right Dude, now. That's that's hysterical. That to me was hands down the funniest part of the movie. <laughs> so so the um the the line itself, wh- whatever he said in Vietnamese, translates to something like "full of shit." <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's see some other good stuff. Oh, when he's walking around with the lady that ends up being his love interest. Mm-hmm. Also, she's like, "I work at the orphanage, and all these smack dealers. It's getting into the orphanage." And he's like, "No, not the orphans." <laughs> I was an orphan. And then he like stares off into the distance yeah. and gets picked on by a bunch of white kids for, yeah, for being an orphan, <laughs> for being an orphan flashback scene. But in any case, so then they go to the orphanage <laughs> and there's all these little kids that are detoxing from heroin. <laughs> the little kid walks up to him and he ends like scratching his neck and he's like, Hey, do you got any, you got any smack on you? <laughs> yeah, He's like a six year old or seven year old kid. <laughs> this yeah. movie is absurd it's absolutely absurd there yeah there's a line so i wrote down this line this one-liner from the from the orphanage he says ain't nothing in the world get dynamite more i'm mad than some jive ass suckers selling smack to the kids <laughs> 
everything is jive or turkeys. Yeah. Well, I love the one when the CIA guys break into his house. He's like, freeze, turkeys. <laughs> just those small little like i said it's very quotable yeah um one of the things i find like i said it truly looks and feels like it's from the 70s yeah the the way it's filmed they kind of give it that weird like sepia tone Mm -hmm. throughout the whole movie yeah it's got a little bit of a grain to it yeah all the honestly a lot of the footage of like cars going off the edge and exploding Mm -hmm. i kind of feel like is almost certainly like stock footage from the 70s that they pulled up they definitely so there there's a chase scene where he's chasing a guy and like whatever the only car chase scene is the guy who he's chasing is in a red Porsche or a red sports car when that car goes off the cliff it's a white car oh i didn't catch that yeah. and it also explodes as soon as it goes over the yeah. edge <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just a white car like a white cadillac type of vehicle or like an old buick um, one of those old big, and then I'm pretty sure because the way he beats the Don, which and once again we kind of skipped past that a little bit, is that he's like, I'm gonna find the guy who kills my brother, and then they do, and I'm gonna clean up the streets of drugs, yeah. And it's like a 30 second montage, yeah, where he d- cleans up the all the drugs, yep, and gets the Don. And the way he does it is he's driving a helicopter with a giant magnet. Oh, that's And he right. picks up the Don's car with the magnet. He's laughing. Yeah. He's just laughing. And he drops the car over a cliff. And yep. I'm pretty sure it's, it's the, the same, same footage. It's the yeah. same footage as the car driving over the cliff and exploding immediately. Yeah, that's right. And he's just laughing maniacally in the helicopter while he's doing yeah. it. But all that stuff, it felt like... I hope they used just stock footage from the 70s. From the 70s. I That'd don't know hysterical. if they did, but it really looked like it. Yeah. Because some of it... Like all the scenes with... Uh, that were filmed obviously with the actors and stuff even though it did look very much from the 70s you could still tell it wasn't sure but those clips they did look legitimately from the 70s from the 70s like i think they just, just got clipped free, them from an old movie or yeah, something like free that footage yeah yeah that'd be interesting if they did that um kung pao did that i don't know if you've seen kung pao it's been a long time yeah but that's what that whole movie was was the guy bought the rights to some horrible kung fu flick from the 70s and then just inserted himself in it oh okay but the majority of that movie is just him computer uh like thrown in spliced into the old film oh i didn't know that yeah i mean there are scenes that they like the main antagonist in that movie is uh, master pain also known as betty and so there are fight scenes where they just have somebody else playing him because <laughs> Because they can't do the fight scenes from the character in yeah. the movies. But yeah, that's that's basically how that whole movie was done. Oh god, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, this movie is very good. Yeah. It was very fun. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I I was surprised when you told me that you hadn't heard it, because I saw that and I thought, oh my gosh, Thor's gonna love this movie if he hasn't seen it. I did. I will say so. And I asked Kendra, I was like, do you want to watch this with me? And she was like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Um, she just had like a headache or something, was tired, went up to bed. It is good that she did not watch. She would not have liked it. Oh, yeah. I'm certain. <laughs> and honestly, even me, like. I'm certain. Here's the thing is I really enjoyed this. I don't think I will ever watch it again. I can get that. Because 
I, for me, it felt like a tough watch yeah. because it is so authentically, it feels so authentically cheesy and 70s mm-hmm. that it's a bit of a tough watch. It's very funny. I legitimately LOL'd quite a bit. So, so do you think that the authenticity made it dated almost? Like, yeah. Like, it, like if, if you were to watch slow. a movie from that area or from that era, that movie wouldn't hold up. You think that yeah. it was so true yeah. to its source? Yeah, I'm not a fan of older movies. Okay, that's there are, interesting. There are a couple here and there, but I just feel like filmmaking in the 60s and 70s, it was very different, obviously. It was a yeah. lot slower. Yeah. And the acting is much, it feels less authentic. Yeah. Now, whether or not it is, I mean, you know, that I'm not an expert, but I generally am not a fan of like older movies from the 60s and 70s. So for me, it was it was so authentic that I was like, this is a tough watch. It's tough to get through. And I genuinely thought it was hilarious. It's a great movie. It's awesome. I don't think it has rewatchability for me. That's fair. Short of when we talked about Tank Girl, you said that you probably wouldn't rewatch that unless you were like with a group of people. Sure. I kind of feel that way about this. About this? Okay. Yeah. Like I would happily watch it again. I would happily have some drinks. And sit around and laugh about all the silly shit in this movie. Yeah. With a couple of buddies. Yeah, I would agree with that. But yeah. I will never just turn this just on turn and watch it, it. <laughs> and, and watch it again. It's just it for me was a tough watch. Yeah. It was pretty short. It's like an hour and twenty. Yeah. So I appreciated that too. It didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely really enjoyed it. Well, good. As a but as a one time watch, I think. As a one time watch, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I think that I had seen it once before recommending it to you, and I just rewatched it after I recommended it to you because I wanted to refresh myself on it. So I and that was probably around two thousand nine because I was still working at Blockbuster when that movie came out. Okay. And I remember looking at it, and my buddy Patrick goes, "Oh my gosh, we have to rent this movie." I said, "I really don't want to rent this movie. It looks awful." but it was freaking hilarious but i haven't seen it since so i can totally get that so that's from 2009 to 22 yeah haven't watched it haven't had the desire or or the the need the itch to watch it again so for sure i i can understand that all right so i guess at this point final thoughts um ratings we kind of jump into that section unless there's anything else yeah no my no yeah final thoughts um I definitely think this is worth a watch. It's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. I can't. The dialogue is so great. <laughs> yeah. The dialogue's um, great. It is. And it also, it feels so authentically 70s. Yeah. It feels like it's from a different era. And you know it's, all that, those choices are intentional to make it feel like a bad movie. Mm-hmm. So once again, it's kind of hard to cur- give it any criticism because... Anything that you that is bad is just an intentional choice sure. that they made, which I think is also kind of funny as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I I've heard two things about it. Michael J. White has said that that's one of the most one of his best movies that he's made, mainly because he wrote it and then also played in it, and then they got the TV show after it. But he, I've I've also heard that he wasn't playing Black Dynamite. He was playing an ex-football star who was playing in the movie of Black Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> so so he purposely was 
acting bad because it was a guy who, again, from from what I read, he was playing an ex-football star who decided to get into movies because he was injured and decided to get into movies. That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. So there's like this weird meta thing that was happening. I don't know how true that that is, but it seems pretty legit because... Because, like, yeah. when he stands up and, and he hits the boom mic and the camera just follows up and you see the boom mic at the And he just kind of glances top. at yeah. it and, and he, keeps he's, going. like, trying to give his speech, but he keeps eyeballing it. Yeah, no, that actually is... That's such a brilliant scene. Yeah. Because he is... In real life, that is a scene they're filming. And they're breaking the fourth wall because he's filming a scene, but his character in the scene is an actor in a scene who bumps into a mic and has so he is not only acting the scene of the movie black dynamite Mm -hmm. in the actual real world movie of black dynamite he is acting that scene as well as saying i hit this mic i need to react as if a person would react and still continue to do the lines it's like layers on layers it's such a small thing that really is a I imagine difficult scene. Probably that was probably the most <clears throat> difficult one they did. It was probably tougher to, to do than to get the exact for. facial expression right. Yeah, uh, I mean that's yeah, it's it was, really good. It was pretty cool. Well, good. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Um, if you had to rate it out of one to ten ninja stars thrown before you walked into the room, because that was another great line. <laughs> do that shit before I walked in the room. <laughs> oh man. I think I have to get... So, once again, my only dings on it are... Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a little bit of a hard watch. Okay. Even though that is an intentional decision, I have to take that into account. Sure. So, it is a little bit of a hard watch, and I don't think it has a lot of rewatchability. So, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Okay. If it weren't for those two things, I'd be probably closer to, like, I have no negative comments other than that. Other than that? It's genuinely so funny the cast is hilarious yeah the outfits are hilarious their hair is awesome hair is amazing (laughs) their hair is great all right well good man i think i think eight ninja stars out of ten is pretty solid especially thrown before you even walk in the room right come on um so then from from here where where are we going next what's What's the next thing that we're jumping into? Let me pull up the name. Oh, okay. Because I can't remember. So, so yeah, with our next episode, we've actually got a recommendation from outside the show. Yeah. Our friend, the wonderful and incredible uh, Robert Hoover, who is now a published artist. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's awesome. Him and his dad uh, published a, well, they did the artwork for like a kid's book. Oh, very cool. Yeah, and it's it's really, really neat. That's very cool. Um, That's interesting, so knowing the type of artwork that his dad does. Yeah, his they dad both, does some weird stuff. Yeah, so does he. They both do kind of dark yeah. art a lot of times. Um, And it's kind of like a spooky kid's book. Okay. Like, it's like monsters and stuff. Gotcha. Like, but cutesy. That's fun. In any case, we can ask him about it and let him. He's Absolutely. probably much more qualified to talk about it <laughs> than me who glanced at it for 30 seconds. Yeah. But in any case, uh, Rob has a music recommendation for us. Okay. And it is a band called Arion. So it's A-Y-R-E-O-N. And the album is called The Human Equation. Okay. Now, from what Rob's description said, 
was that this is a concept album and it's a little bit of a super group of artists in the heavy metal. That's interesting. Yeah. And that's really the only info he gave. Okay. And I know we were both like, nope, never listened to that. Yeah. Sounds perfect. Yep. If I had to guess predictions, I'm probably not going to like it. But um, probably not either. There is some heavy metal that I like, but it's it's kind of selective. Of course, heavy metal is kind of a, a generic term. Like heavy metal means yeah, different. I think things he may have just people. said metal, not necessarily heavy. And yeah. yeah, there are so many different yeah. subcultures and yeah, and there's different. like subgenres of metal that. I like, and then there's some that I'm like, this is this is not good. Yeah, I'm generally not a huge, huge metal fan, so it'll be an interesting one for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there we go. Arion, the name of the band, Human Equation, with Robert with Rob Hoover. Yeah. Jesus, I can learn how to talk. <laughs> so you guys should take a listen to that, and then when we jump back into this next week. Let us know how what you think. Do you think that, um, well, first off, tell us if you liked it. And second of all, tell us how wrong we are or right. Because, I don't know, I'm betting if I'm a betting man and I'm not. But if I am, I'm betting that neither of us are going to be super thrilled with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very possible. So so it'll be an interesting discussion at the very least. Yeah, with, for sure. With Rob. It'll be fun. And hey, uh, if you have a recommendation, you want to come on the show or... You know, maybe you don't want to come on the show, but you still just want to hear our thoughts on something. You can go ahead and contact us at getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. You get better spelling that out every time. (laughs) Every time. It's burning my goddamn brain. (laughs) I'd still mess it up if I tried. Because not only did I have to record that promo... Yeah. Like a number of times. The promo that I did is at the beginning of a lot of the episodes. I also, editing those episodes, I had to hear it multiple times. <laughs> so it's yeah. literally burnt in my brain. Burnt into your brain. Yeah. All right. Well, <clears throat> until next week, I'm going to say get wrecked. And as always, stay wrecked. Good night, everybody. Good night.